and welcome back to Talking Talmud. I'm Ann Gordon, here with my friend and Chavrita Yordana Ozband. Our daf of the day, Masachet Kitubot, daf kafhe, page 25. Now, page 25 opens with an ongoing discussion about truma. And the issue is, well, I've, what I found particularly interesting, and it's not that it's never come up before, but perhaps not into this great detail, is the distinction between Eretz Yisrael and Bavel, meaning we know that the obligation for Truma is only in Eretz Yisrael, and it's only on the produce from Eretz Yisrael, but in Bavel, they would apparently partake of produce, take Truma in from a, at a rabbinic level. So the Gemara says from the beginning, I'm at the very top of Amad Aleph, Ve'ela ma'igdola chazaka, meaning what does it mean that it's so, that the chazaka, chazaka meaning something that is um, established as the status by virtue of a repeated performance of that same practice, right? So that's considered to be a, a strong legal authority. So the Gemara says that the, this is like the basic case of a chazaka is that the Kohanim continue to do whatever it was that they were doing, right? Now, but what does that mean? It means that when they were in Bavel, they would partake of truma, and they would take it from produce that was obligated from a like from a rabbinic perspective. And now when they go back to Eretz Israel, meaning the discussion is that if they land back in Israel, they're going to be taking partaking of truma. Now it's a Torah requirement. Um, now, I want to just make a strong caveat, which is that still today, the truma and maestro, the laws of these tithings in Israel are still just about considered to be of rabbinic law because there's a, I don't know if it's a loophole, there's a caveat somewhere which where the practice or the general psak is that um, the majority of Jews need to be in the land of Israel for the tithings to be do'oraita. But we're very close. The line is about to be crossed basically. So, but in any case, that's a sidebar. Coming back to the Gemara, right? So the Gemara says lo'achu <laughs> So the Gemara says, we'll say instead that really what happened is that they went back to Israel, and in Israel they took they partook of truma that was from rabbinic law, right? And if it had been required to have Doraita truma, then they would not eat from it to begin with, meaning there was a concern over whether that was going to, whether they were actually eligible, right? This is where we were talking um, before about the Kohanim and their lineage, right? Where they was whether it was reliable lineage, and could they even eat from Truma? But if you're eating from Truma Drabana, it's less of a concern, right? And so that's there that the concern is specifically when we're talking about um, not elevating someone to to be to be certain of his yuchasin uh, of his lineage. Um, okay. And then the Gemara wants to know, well, what's going to be greater than having this chazaka status, right? This assumption or presumption that you can establish based on the practice. So we can say that really, right, that there's, a, you, they could have made a decree that in the land of Israel, there's a prohibition, right, against truma. Um, when you say that it's truma's do'oraita, but we're not going to issue that decree because exactly this, that we're going to establish the chazaka based on who the Kohanim are, based on what they're doing, and Truma is going to, again, this divide between Zoraita and Rabbanan is an important one, but the the 
They didn't make a new decree over not being able to have the Truma, even in the land of Israel. And then the Gemara says, one second, but did they actually not have Truma Doraita? Because that's where it seems to be going, right? Like, well, you're not going to eat Truma Doraita, except for that Truma Doraita is really what you should be eating, like, except for, right, except for one second. If you're not a Kohen, then maybe you shouldn't be. And so this is like a, it's a very values, um, values-laden values uh, issue, right? Because to what extent are you going to accept somebody as a Kohen, and to what extent should they be eating um, Truma? And so the Gemara says, V'haktiv, isn't it written, Asher lo the verse says in Ezra, near Dan, you spoke about Ezra yesterday, that they didn't eat from the Kodesh Kodeshim, from these, from the sacred sacrifices, right? The implication being, if you're going to specify that they didn't eat from the Kodesh Kodeshim, then they did partake of Truma, meaning like as the inference of anything that isn't specified in that verse. Um, okay, I want to jump down just a drop. It says, Tosh, uh, I don't know, three lines maybe. Tashma, Chazaka Lechuna, Nesiut Kapayim Babavel, Vachilat Chala Bisuria, Vachiluk Matano Bechrakin. So, what happens? Uh, there's a breaker that says that this Chazaka of somebody being a Kohen is, is treated or is established by, and in each place it's established by a different practice. In Bavel, they did Nesia Kapayim, the the what we call Duchening, right? Well, the the blessing of the Kohanim. Um, in I'm sorry, that's in Bavel. In Syria, in Syria, they were the they were able to eat from the Chala, right? From when people did have Hashat Chala, when they when they I don't know what that word is divided the not divided Chala off of the bread that they baked, and they would give it to the Kohanim. And in and then elsewhere, right, that what they would do, and it's just in the cities, the other cities, what are the other, I'm sorry, the other gifts, the other gifts to the Kohanim, meaning the different parts of the animals would go to the Kohanim. So the says, well, isn't that enough to establish, isn't that going to be a chazaka to to, to treat for lineage, meaning who can marry whom. And the Gemara says, no, it establishes a chazaka for truma. And the Gemara goes on to kind of, to navigate each one of these things, each one of these categories of specific Kohen practices to line them up and say, like, isn't that going to be enough to teach yichus, the lineage, or only for truma? Um, and um, I think with that, we can stop. Meaning the the details, right, um, the question of who's separating out Chala and when it's Doraita, when it's Rabban, and likewise for Truma, and how many Kohanim are really getting this. Again, this is not the practice today. This was a practice in Bavel and Syria and I guess the cities through that throughout that ancient world. Um, and then there's just one more line here, another Tashma, where it says, Chazaka Lechuna. I said we could stop, but I needed to go on. I'm sorry. Um, where we said, Again, this chazaka to establish somebody to be a kohen in Israel, as opposed to all these other places, gronot Israel, that they would lift, they, they would do the lifting of the hands, as it says, which is again the duchnin, the birka kohenim, and the distribution of truma at the place of the threshing floor. We talked about this once before, and I remember then saying, like, oh, whoever thought about where the kohanim would get their truma, and the answer is that they would go to the threshing floors, and that's how they would establish it in in Eretz Yisrael, meaning 
if you didn't know to go get your, your truma there, the assumption is that you were not getting a family inheritance of being a Kohen, right? And everybody else elsewhere in Syria and in Bavel and so on, um, they had other aspects also. So elsewhere, they, they paid attention to this thing of of doing the Duchning, which in Israel they do every day, but in else outside of Israel they don't do every day. And obviously there's no going to the threshing floors to get the Truma because, because it's not, it, it's a different category, right? Meaning Truma is really an Eretz Israel um, gift, right? Um, Dorita. Okay, you're Dana. Over to you. Yeah, so what we see here, I mean, first of all, let me just comment on the, the idea of place. I mean, family traditions may have been lost just by the chaos of dispersion. Um, but also what it means to be a Kohen means something very different if you're living in Babel or Syria than if you're actually living in Eretz Yisrael. And so I think we see that through the Gemara uh, itself. You know, I've heard anecdotally stories of people who live in Israel now. I think it's a cute thing to do. It's not something that's still rice at all, but that they'll give, like if they take truma from their fruits or vegetables, they give it to a neighbor who's a Kohen. Uh, you know, so it, it takes on a different meaning when you're a Kohen in Israel than when you're a Kohen living in other places. Um, but I'm not, I just want to say, I'm not sure that that's like halakhically counting. It's not halakhic. I'm just saying it's cute. <laughs> Making okay. that very clear. But, 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 but the point is, is that you wouldn't do that in the United States. That's the point. You would never even think to. That's true. Right. That's, that's my point. It's not halakhic. It's cute. But it's but the point is you couldn't so it shows the difference of you know what. It but it also might be Meila. What? But it also might be Meila, meaning it's also again Meila nowadays is also not what it once was, right? Oh, but you may not be allowed to do it. That's exactly issue. yeah, totally. That's fair to do as well. Um, but then the Gemara does what it likes to do, which is it has you know about a half and a half of discussion about how do you do this, and then it brings in I would bet a series of sort of wonderful examples of how is this actually done in practice. And I think particularly for this issue, it's a good idea to bring these stories, right? Because it seems so not far-fetched, but almost difficult to be like, you know, someone comes, claims they're a Cohen or does something as a Cohen, And then from there, you're going to say like, we didn't know this person was a Cohen, but we're going to respect that he's acting like a Cohen and treat him like he is a Cohen. So we get here a, a variety of stories uh, that, you know, show uh, trying to establish being a coin. And even they have a story here about establishing that somebody is a levy. Uh, it starts with the following story with Rabbi Ami. Right. A man came before Rabbi Ami. Right. And he says that, you know, he basically has this, uh, you know, chazaka that he's actually a coin. Ma Right, so Rabbi Ami says to him, what makes you think that this person that you saw is actually a Kohen? Because he got the first Aliyah. Right, and that he was a Kohen. So the Gemara asks the question, is it that he was a Talmud Chacham or that he was a Kohen? Because you also could give the first Aliyah to a Talmud Chacham. They say no, but afterwards they called the Balebi, so it must have been that he was a Kohen. And so Rabbi Ami then basically said, okay, We'll, we'll treat him as if he's a Kohen. The next story is Rabbi Yoshua uh, ben Levi, and this is interesting because he's a Levi, 
And it's the same type of thing about establishing somebody as a lady. So I thought that one was like a little bit interesting. Then they have a story with Rach Luckish. With Rach Luckish, though, they get into a conversation uh, uh, about, you know, what did they see him do uh, that, uh, you know, was he reading first from the Torah or was he getting truma, right? So again, there was another that a man comes to Rach Luckish. Amar Lane, he says, I know that this person is a Kohen. Amar Lane says, So Rach Luckish says, what did you see? He says, I saw that he read first in a big Knesset. Amar Lane, Rach Luckish says, Did you see, though, that he got truma on the threshing floor? Amar Lane, Rabbi Elazar, so Rabbi Elazar says to Rach Luckish, So this is interesting. Rabbi Elazar says, Basically, this isn't a good one to use because we know there are going to be times where they're not going to be able to get truma from a threshing floor. So if your only proof is going to be that they receive truma, when we know there are circumstances where truma is not given out, that can't be a good proof. And so Rabbi Elazar is basically saying to him, better to use being called up first for an aliyah or nisiyat kampayim, things that Kohanim are always going to do, than to use this distinction of, you know, actually... Uh, receiving truma. So pay attention to these stories. Uh, there's there's a bunch of them and a different variations of them. But again, I think it's, um, you know, uh, interesting to see how this was actually done in practice. I love the stories. I think that goes without saying. Yeah, this the stories are interesting. And it also shows you that this was really a very relevant issue. And it makes sense because presumably you could just have somebody like show up in your town. There's no Googling anybody. And they're like, hey, I'm a Cohen, or they acted like a Cohen, And there wasn't really a way to prove it. I mean, I wonder if there were people who walked around and like pretended to be Kohanim. I don't know. They're I'm not sure. Really but it seems like that was kind of the case. Like you could see a stranger shows up, you know, gets up to Duchen and you don't really have a way to know where they actually a Kohen. I'm sure that pe- I, I'm sure that part of the concern over making sure who is a Kohen is because there was the potential to mess with it, right? Um, what I was going to say also is that I think it's interesting that these stories are included in the Gemara, right? Meaning we talk all the time about how the Gemara is not just a law book, right? But Or the, the Torah is not just a law book, but part of the way that we see the law in practice is through these stories, right? Like it means, it, it, I don't know, I think there's something very helpful about them to illustrate the concerns, to illustrate, like not just the psaq, and not just the, you know, what do you have to check for if you ever were in this situation in a theoretical way? But here we're gonna we're gonna, you know, record the narratives that it, that took place so that everybody can, you know, benefit from the same. I don't know what we want to call it—the narrative voice within the halachic voice, right? Like I find it to be the interweaving of it to be helpful. Of course, we talk about this. We we pay attention to it all the time. I don't know how often we actually recognize the the value of it in this way. Well, that's our DAP discussion for the day. Rank us reviews on all major podcasts. Thank you to Revenue Michelle Farber for hosting us on the Hydra website. Let us know what you thought about this DAP in our Talking Talmud Facebook page. And until tomorrow, go and learn.